We started a series three weeks ago, and we're finishing up this series called Flesh. And uh, I, uh, I hope it's been as good to you as it has been uh, to me. There was don't don't put it up yet. The, the, yeah, you can keep that up. But don't put up the next slide. We're gonna have a little quiz. <laughs> and I know you guys, because I've seen you, y'all will cheat if we have the answers on the board. So there's five steps we've looked at. The first step is who remembers. Incarnation, the first steps, incarnation, incarnation, and that means basically incarnation means to, this is review, it means to what? To, to take on flesh, that's Jesus, God came in the flesh and took it on, that's the incarnation. And we talked about how that, for us, we're to live that same lifestyle incarnationally as Jesus lives through us. And as we do that, as we live that type of lifestyle then something's going to happen. The next step of the incarnation is reputation. Man, y'all are sharp. Are you, who's got their books out and they're cheating? The reputation. So if we basically, if we live like Jesus lived, then we're going to build a reputation. And hopefully, so here's the key. You get a reputation one way or the other. <laughs> it's just whether it's a godly reputation where you're living like Jesus or you're doing your own thing. But you still got a reputation. So our hope is that people think of Jesus when they look at us and see our lifestyle. So incarnation leads to reputation. Reputation leads to conversation. What's that mean? That means if we're living like Jesus and we've built credibility with people and, and they see that we love them and care for them and they see our lifestyles maybe a little different than their lifestyle, then that leads to conversation. They will actually ask you a question. About yourself. How are you living this way? How do you, how come you respond this way when this happens? And, and it'll, it'll open up a door. Okay. So it leads to conversation. And, and the key word we looked at a couple of weeks ago is it's natural conversation. In other words, it's not something we got to force or make happen or, or push on somebody or, or feel weird. It's just because it's, because you've already built some relationship with this person. And it, so it's just, it can be natural, the conversation we have. And that conversation then leads to, con, man, man, y'all are good. Confrontation. Now, confrontation doesn't mean we jump down their throats. It just means at some point and through this incarnational living, people have to face that they're sinners, okay? We have to face, when we came to Jesus, we realized and recognized I, I was a sinner. I was, I was without Christ. I, I, was, I was headed to hell. I, and I, I had to recognize that, and that led to some confrontation about my lifestyle. But then the next point is what? Transformation. That's the goal. <laughs> That's what we're looking for. You can throw that up there now, guys, that five step, because this crowd is sharp, man. They are so smart. <laughs> that leads to the transformation. Um, I've talked to a number of you guys already, and what I'm hearing has is, is really been good. I'm hearing a lot of good report and a good conversation about this study uh, that we're having. And I, my, my hope is, is that, um, that it's impacted you um, the way it's impacted me. I mean, as, I, as I've studied this and looked at this, it's it's done some things in my life. It's made me it's made me think about one, how am I living? Am I living this lifestyle? Am I, are people seeing Jesus in me? You know, they do they see me respond? Am I flagging them the bird when they pull in front of me when I'm driving down the road? You know? 
That's a tough one. I don't do that often. Well, often. <laughs> Y'all caught that, didn't you? Actually, it's been a long time since I've done that. I don't do it on the outside, but on the inside. <laughs> What's that old saying? I'm sitting down on, on the outside, but on the inside I'm standing up. When he was, the kid was told to sit down. Uh, are y'all with me? Am I talking to the right group here? Um, so my hope is, is that, that, it's, that it's, it's had an impact. And, and to me, it's, it's, kinda, it's done a lot of things. One is it's, that it's, um, I think one of the biggest things is it's, it's kind of given freedom uh, that I don't have to be um, like a, I don't know, like a street preacher. Or I don't have to be you know, somebody that's trying to force something down somebody that, that's not ready to respond to Christ. I'm, 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 I'm able to take them from the step that they're in to the next step, but I don't have to try and make them do something, okay? Have y'all noticed that doesn't work? If somebody's not to the point they're ready to, to follow Christ, they're ready to give their lives to Jesus, they're, they're not ready. And all the amount of forcing you and I can do doesn't help it, because sometimes it, it hurts it. And so we, our thing should be, let's just try and get them to the next step. Point them to, I love that, the language of point them to Jesus. Point them that direction. Get them, get them moving that way instead of that way. Isn't that kind of what repentance is? It's turning and moving the other way. So, so to me, the whole idea of, of it, takes some, it takes some pressure off of, of, of I don't know, feeling like I've got to force something down somebody's throat. So my conversation, again, becomes more natural when I'm having that with somebody about Christ. Because they're open. They've asked me the question. And so you can answer because they asked you. And you can share Christ. And you can share the testimony. You can talk to them about the kingdom of God. Some of the things we looked at last week. So, so to me, that's just freeing. The other thing is, is it, it, it takes away, when we understand this kind of lifestyle of living like Jesus, to me, it takes away kind of a religious lifestyle. You understand that? It's, see, religion or a religious lifestyle is something you kind of put on yourself. And, and, it's, it, and typically it's a bunch of do's and don'ts. And, and that's kind of what a lot of people think of when they think of Christian is do's and don'ts. And most of them, there's more don'ts than do's. And, and so for me, this kind of frees it up that I can, I can just kind of relax and live like Jesus lived around people. And that's going to cause, uh, it's going to cause some kind of response and hopefully a, a good response. The other thing it did for me is it made me, um, it made me want to dig deeper into here, especially the gospels and, and actually see how did Jesus live? And if I'm going to live like Jesus, I probably need to know something about how he lived. How did he? How did he respond? How did he? How did he handle different situations? How did he respond when 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 he was around a, a, somebody that was a sinner? How did he respond to that person? How how did he respond to religious people? Was he was he uh, was he this picture of, 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 of? I mean, so many people have this picture of Christ that he's just this mild mannered, you know, kind of a kind of Almost like Mr. Rogers, you know, just kind of, y'all know who Mr. Rogers is, kind of, kind of, just, I don't know, he's kind of, kind of meek is kind of a wrong term, because meek is good, if you understand what meek means, but almost weak, that's kind of our picture of Jesus, is he's, he's, he doesn't want to ruffle any feathers, you know, he doesn't want to offend anybody. Um, when you read this, 
And you, especially in the Gospels, Jesus, Jesus wasn't, he, he wasn't afraid of offending people. Did y'all know that? I mean, he, he'll say things, and the guy, he'll say stuff, and, and I look at it. Sometimes I read some of those things he said, and I think, man, that was a little hard. That was a little tough. I mean, he got on, he got on some folks, and it, it, was, it was hard and tough, some of the things he said. And then he made some statements like, you know, eating my flesh and drinking my blood. I mean, some, that's, and, and, and when he said those things, what happened? It's, the scripture says that they left. I mean, he, he had just fed 5,000 people. Then he starts, and they're following him. They travel to follow him. And, and then he starts talking to them about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. And they all left. And, and, and I mean, that's not really, you know, if you've come here to start a movement, you know, th- that's probably not the best way to start it. And, and, and then, I, I mean, I guess could probably think his disciples probably came to him and said, Jesus, you know, we were doing good. We were drawing a crowd. And then you start talking like that. You know, what, what, what is up with that? And, <laughs> but Jesus, Jesus, what, you know what he did? Here's a key. You know what Jesus did? He did what he saw his father do. <laughs> That's a, that should be a pretty big key to us. Let's, let's, let's do what dad does. Let's, and you know how you find that out? How many times when you read the gospel does it say Jesus, Jesus got up early in the morning. <laughs> a lot of times it says that. And he went to spend time with dad. Because why? He wanted to see and hear and, and then, actually, during the day, it wasn't he just got his marching orders. He was kind of flowing in the Spirit as he was walking through his day. And, and maybe the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, you know, go over there and talk to that person or, you know, say this. And so Jesus was able to do the things that he saw his Father doing. So that might be a, a key for us, uh, you know, to kind of follow those things. But um, in the story, i got a water over here somewhere. Actually, i got three of them, don't I? <laughs> And in, in, in the story, and uh, in, in the book that we've been reading, Hugh, Hugh dif- differentiates at the very end of the book. I'm not going to ask you how many of you have already read it all. Um, but at the very end of the book, he makes this differentiation between first decision Christians and second decision followers of Christ. Any of you all read that? Y'all have this, y'all have this look like the deer caught in a headlight look. Um, I, read it. Okay, it's, good, it's a good part to read, and it's at the very end of the book. But here's the difference. First decision Christians are primarily concerned or primarily follow Jesus for what he'll give to them. That's kind of the first step. It's kind of, I'm, go, I'm going to follow Jesus because he can give me something if I, if I ex- keyword, if I accept him. If I accept Jesus, then I get something in return. Okay, now... Gosh, we can go so many places with that. One is, nowhere in the Bible does it really say anything about accepting Jesus, okay? Uh, it's, it's making Him Lord in our lives is what, is what getting saved is. It's surrendering our hearts to Him. It's letting Him come in and take control of our lives. But that's kind of, you know, first step, or, and it's okay to kind of come in through that way, but it's almost like this idea of, of, of I'm, I'm really doing this just because of what I can get. I'm getting my heaven ticket punched. Okay, I'm going to make it to heaven. And that, that's a good, I mean, it's okay. That's probably a good, a good thing to do. It beats the alternative. 
You know, I mean, it is good to do that, but a second decision, Christian or Christ follower is the key, is, is this is a person, or a follower, is a follower. And, and because of, of a heartfelt thankfulness that they have because of what Jesus has done for them, this second decision Christian has decided, you know what, I, I'm all in. I, wanna, I, wanna, I want to not only receive what Christ has done for me, but I'm, I'm in this thing. I'm, I'm willing to, to give it all to Jesus. I'm, in fact, this, words like sacrifice come around. You know, I might have to sacrifice something in my life to become this follower of Jesus. I may have to give up some things to follow him in the places he wants me to go. So they've, they've basically, and I love this, this terminology, they've made a decision to become a fully devoted follower of Christ. That's transformation. That's what we're going to get to today. But that's the whole idea of being transformed. And that's what, that's what transformation is all about. Now look at this passage. There's one in Galatians 4.19. If you want to turn there, you can. Galatians 4.19, or I have it written on the screen. Galatians 4.19 says this. Paul speaking, he says, My children, my dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth. And what's the last part? Y'all read that out loud. Until, Until Christ is formed in you. That's transformation. You got it? That's, that's, that's being transformed. That's, that's I've given my life to Jesus and I'm a follower of Him and He's taken my sin and I'm taking on His righteousness. But through the rest of my life on the planet, while I'm still here in the flesh, Christ is what's in me by what's happened on the cross, by my response, that righteousness that is in me, the new heart that I now have that's in me, that begins to do something in me. You with me? It, that begins to change me. That begins to form me into the into Christ. I begin to, in other words, I begin to look like Him, and that's that's transformation. And and for, and for me, I've read this verse, I don't know, dozens of times, maybe hundreds of times. I've seen that verse and read it. And when I've read that in the past, I've always thought what that means primarily is 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 Christ being transformed or, or being formed to me. Basically, is just about you know, him getting more of me or him, him kind of, uh, you know, working on my character and do those things. And, but when you look at that verse in light of, in light of what we've been studying, could, could you add to that 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 happens? Yes, what I just said, that Christ, you know, does change our character. He does work in us. But can, can, you, under, can, you, can you picture that maybe he's even talking a little further about that Jesus and the, becomes like incarnationally in us? And, and his his body that he did while he was in his body begins to begins to uh, to be formed in us. So we begin to look like Jesus, Phys- not 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 physically so much, but our lifestyle, our actions, the way we do things and say things, the way we respond. Those begin to look like Jesus. Does that make sense? And so it's that's what we're what we're aiming for is that Christ. He begins to get formed in us, so it impacts when that see. When that happens and Christ is formed in us, that impacts every aspect of our life. Every aspect. It impacts how we, how we treat our spouses. Hello? If my wife was in here, she could tell you how great I do at that. And, and, and representing Jesus to her and, and living that, that godly 
Um, life's, see, she's sitting right there, y'all. See her? She, she, <laughs> she, would, she would inform y'all how good a job I do at that. But since she's not here to tell you that, I'm telling you that. And uh, I, I know, hope you understand I'm being a little facetious there. But that's the point. When Christ is formed in me, it, it, it should impact my closest relationship. It should impact my other relationships with people I work with and people I'm neighbors with. It, it should impact how, I, how I'm looking, uh, responding to maybe I don't have a spouse. Maybe I'm looking for one. Okay? Christ being formed in me will impact that. How I, how I respond in different situations. Him, him being, being uh, uh, growing in me is going to impact all those kind of things. And so that's what, uh, that's what transformation is all about. So the, the goal of this incarnational living that we've been talking about, the goal of that is, 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 is transformation. It's getting people and bringing them, uh, the people that don't know Christ, us going through those steps we talked about, the goal of that is to bring somebody else to the point of transformation. Now, what does that mean? Basically, that's this. When we bring somebody, it's like, a, it's like this cycle, okay? So what happens is, when, when, I'm, when God's used me to bring this person to that point, they begin to get transformed, and then guess what they do? The same thing. They start doing the same thing that happened to them. They, that, that's the whole idea of the disciple becomes the discipler. That's not really a word, but well, I'm throwing one out there because I can do that. It, it, the disciple becomes the discipler. He becomes or she becomes the person that begins to do that same five step with their friends and their neighbors and their family members. And so that's, that's that whole cycle of, of being transformed begins to, begins to make that happen in somebody else's life. Let me give you an example of that. One of my favorite Bible stories in all the Bible is, is the woman at the well. Y'all remember her? She was thirsty. That's why she went to the well. Um, I love that story. I, I, there's so much in there, but it's, it's basically, I'm going to summarize it so we don't take time to read it, but it's basically, what kind of woman was she? Who remembers? She was a, starts with an S, she was a Samaritan. <laughs> okay? She was a Samaritan woman. Now, here's the point of that. That's why, that's why this whole, I love this story. Jesus comes, he's thirsty, he's hungry. In fact, is he's so hungry that his disciples left him to go to McDonald's to get some food to bring back to him. Okay? So while they're gone, he's, he's hanging out at this well. And this woman comes up to the well, and the scripture says that she came up, specifically says she comes what time of day? In the middle of the day. Now, listen. The reason she came in the middle of the day was that was not the normal time to come to get water from the well. Normally you would come early morning or late afternoon. Why do you think she was coming in the middle of the day? Because she didn't want to see anybody. She had a reputation, but it wasn't a good reputation. She didn't want to, she didn't want to be around people. And Jesus... Being there incarnationally, living the life that he does, he sees this woman come up. Taboo number one is Jesus, a Jewish male, talks to a woman. You're not supposed to do that. Jesus breaks the taboo. 
Taboo number two. This was even worse than that of, of crossing that barrier of, of talking to a woman. He crosses the Samaritan barrier. For a Jewish person to talk to a Samaritan woman or man was, was just, it was, you just, just did, did not do that. You didn't ride on the same bus together. You didn't, you didn't, they're, they're half-breeds, they're, there was a racial prejudice toward them, worse than anything we've seen in our country. I mean, literally there was this barrier, this division, and guess what Jesus does? He breaks through it. He, he busts, he smacks him, just busts right through that wall of a woman and a Samaritan who was a sinner. Three barriers Jesus breaks through it. And, and, and he starts talking to her. Does he jump in her face? Does he start condemning her? Does he start beating her up? Does he start telling her how sorry she is? And does he, does he, does he act all superior to her because he's a male and he's Jewish? No, he just starts talking to her. He starts just asking her questions and becomes a, just, just ask her about herself. You think that might be a key? Do people like to talk about themselves? So yeah, he starts asking her questions. He starts talking to her and she starts responding back and they get in this whole discussion about, he says to her, you know, I'll give you some living water. If you want, really want some water, come drink of me. And, and so that kind of, they have that conversation, they have this conversation about worship, and then, and then here's, the, here's the really crazy thing, is she talks to him and says, you know, we've heard this, this Messiah is coming, and this is one of the few times in scriptures, I mean, you read the book, there's a lot of times when Jesus is, is asked about who he is, he's a little vague about it. In fact, a lot of times he would, he'd heal somebody and tell them, don't go tell anybody else. Didn't he? So there's a lot of times where he's really a little kind of vague about who he is. In this scenario, she says something about, well, we understand there's this, there's this Messiah coming that's going to do this and do this. And Jesus just looks at her and goes, guess what? It's me. I'm him. And so he does his miracle with her. He has his word of knowledge about who she is and her lifestyle and, 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 and confronts her. You know, she's had already had five husbands and, and the guy that she's with now that she's living with isn't her husband. And so guess, guess what comes into play? Confrontation. And then, here's the, here's the coolest part. Confrontation leads to Transformation. Guess what happens to this lady? She gets she gets radically transformed right there on the spot. Why? How do we know that? She goes back. Okay, here here's this lady that's showing up in the middle of the day because she doesn't want to run into anybody. All of a sudden, she encounters Jesus, and her whole her whole life, her whole attitude changes. Boom, like that. And now this same woman. She becomes a herald, or she becomes a messenger, and she runs, what does she do? She goes back to town and does what? Tells everybody about who? About this guy she just ran into. She goes, tell, she tells them all. I mean, she just becomes this radical, crazy woman that goes back and says, guys, y'all need to, y'all, something, this guy, man, you need to meet him. You won't believe the conversation I just had. Come out here and check it. Come over here and listen. Come, come pay attention to him. 
Come listen to what he's got to say. And so what happens? They do. <laughs> and then the end of the story is, they, it talks about how they began to believe in Jesus because she brought them there. That's kind of all in one chapter. <laughs> you can read it in five minutes. <laughs> five minutes, her, this woman's life is turned upside down. It probably took a little longer than that. but You see that whole picture? How just boom, 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 went right through there. And she's radically transformed, radically saved, radically, her life changes before. I just, I love that passage in there, talking about transformation. Now let's look at this passage. This is, a, this is some good verses, and we're, we're going to wind it up here in another hour or so. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. We're going to read it out of two, two translations. I love this verse. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Man, isn't that good? What's that? Yeah, good song too. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, where He is, there's freedom. And we all, with unveiled faces, we contemplate the Lord's glory. As we do that, we are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So what happens? As we're beholding what? As we're looking at Him and we're beholding Him, all of a sudden something begins to happen to us. And we begin to see His glory, and all of a sudden our lives begin to be changed, and we're beginning to get changed into His image. And that, that's transformation. That's what we're talking about. When we say transformation, that's it. Let's read it in the voice, another translation. It says this, By the Lord, which I mean is the Spirit, and in, any, and in any heart where the Spirit of the Lord is present, there is liberty. Isn't that good? Wherever, wherever Jesus is at, there's liberty. There's freedom. Now all of us with our faces unveiled reflect the glory of the Lord as if we are what? Mirrors. What's that saying? Remember the story of Moses? When, that's what he's talking about here. The story of Moses when he went to the mountain and Moses came back down after being in God's presence. What happened to Moses? His face was shining. <laughs> He had been in the presence of God, the glory of God, and it's now all of a sudden it's like the mirror of God now is shining through him and off of him and reflecting off of him. That's, that's, that's the image of Christ being formed in us. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't it just be cool one day you're walking down the road and somebody walks by you? I don't know if this could ever happen, but it sounds fun. I mean, what if, what if you were just walking down and somebody's walking by and they just, they just stop and look at you? <laughs> and, and you're shining. And it's the glory of God. Can that happen? Any of y'all ever heard of Smith Wigglesworth? <laughs> he, was an, he was a plumber, if I remember right, just an ordinary sinner that got saved. And it talks about him. There was testimony of him. He, he, literally, he would walk down the road and, and people would fall out just being in his presence. There's other, other places and times in history when that happened. Remember, remember the Bible? 
<laughs> Remember the sh- whose shadow was it when they came in contact with it? Peter. <laughs> Just his shadow caused what to happen. People got healed. That's pretty cool. I, I'd like some of that. I mean, take up, take, let's get some of that. <laughs> I mean, why do we, why do we make this so dry? That's not, that's not dry. That's, that's something happening. That's some fun stuff going on there. That's the kingdom coming. That's what we're looking for, the kingdom of God to come in that kind of manner. Uh, we're closing with this. That's transformation. That's what it means. How do we do that? How do we get transformed? Hugh makes a statement in his book that, that transformation, for us, there, there is no, how does he put it? There's, there is there is no, you can't be trans, you are transformed personally. It happens in your life, but it doesn't happen as an individual by yourself. That's his point. In other words, transformation for us as individuals comes when we're where? It's called the C word. We're in, thank you very much, Ron. We're in community. <laughs> That's where transformation happens. That's why. Why, why does it happen in community? Because we need each other. We, we, we need one another. We rub off on one another. We, we hold each other accountable. We, we pray for each other. We love on one another. When you're having a bad day, hopefully you're next to somebody that's having a good day and they can share with you and pray with you. When you're sick, hopefully you're around somebody that's got some faith and they can pray with you. Maybe when you're, you know, maybe when you just blew it with your wife, I know that doesn't ever happen to any of you guys, but when you do that, you need somebody you might need somebody to actually confront you with that. Hello? Those are fun times. Maybe you're there with your wife and you're in the middle of that meeting and you do something in front of everybody then you need confrontation. When you live in community, that's what, that's what starts showing up. That's the part we don't like. <laughs> but that's the part we need as much as anything else. You see, it's, we, what we, it's easy to just kind of be a Christian and hide over here in the corner where nobody sees you and nobody knows you and nobody sees your lifestyle. You can fake it over there by yourself. You start hanging out with somebody on a regular basis, guess what? You can't fake it anymore. They start seeing you. They start seeing your life. They start seeing your when you screw up. And, and you know what? Have you read Proverbs? There, there must be, I don't know, 50 places in Proverbs where it talks about a wise person, a wise man wants. <laughs> a wise person desires that confrontation from somebody else. A wise person wants somebody else speaking into their life. Amen? I mean, listen to me. If... <laughs> If you're doing something, as a follower of Christ, okay, if you're doing something in error or something wrong or you're living a certain way and maybe you're not even aware of it, wouldn't you want somebody to show you that? I see you shaking your head and when it happens, you won't want it. <laughs> Have you ever, has anybody ever confronted you before? Don't you just go, yay? 
God, that, that was so good. I wish that could happen every week. But you know what? In reality, if, if we're really wise, if I'm in error, I want somebody to help me see that I'm in error. In a good, loving way. <laughs> Got to point that out in a good, loving way. Don't you? I mean, don't, don't, don't you want somebody to help you do this thing? Don't you, want some, don't you want people around you? That's why we're kind of called family. Don't you want a community, a family that, that you're with, that you begin to build relationship with? Maybe it's five or six or eight or ten people, and you begin to get close to each other, and you begin to care for one another and, and share with one another and love one another and admonish one another and, and, and all those one another's that it talks about in the Bible. It's really hard to do in even a setting this size. You see, we, we started four weeks ago three more small groups. We already had three. And I, I want to I just praise you guys. About 80% of y'all are in a group. That's awesome. That's huge. And my point is this. Many of you, we started as, we tricked you into signing up for four weeks. We, we, we really didn't trick you. Well, maybe we did trick you. We, we got you to commit to four weeks. The goal is, hello, the goal is that you'll want to do that longer. Amen? The, the goal is you maybe you connected with a group that you really liked and you want to spend some time with those folks, hang out with them. We've got some great folks that are, that are you guys are great. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't you want to hang out with each other? Amen? I mean, why wouldn't you want to hang out with me? Right, Paul? Paul, see, he can't hear me back there, and I can talk bad about him, and he doesn't even know I'm doing it. <laughs> Paul and I are in the same group, aren't we, Paul? There you go. That's why I'm picking on Paul. And I, I talk bad about him, and he, he just sits there. It's like he was just doing that. He just nods. <laughs> Not Well, yeah, really. <laughs> But that's that's what that's that's how transformation happens is in a group is in is in a, a group of people that can care for each other and love one another. Amen. I um. Let's stand up, Josh. You wanna come on up and play 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 to play. I want you all to pay attention. It's 11.23. And I stopped. Are you pressed? 